the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. Howdy. Welcome to this week's episode. Hey. Hi, of Relevant Howdy, Rec- A. That's my thing this week. Howdy, A. Welcome to this week's episode of Relevant <laughs> Recovery Radio. We're your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. We're glad you're listening. We are thankful you're tuning in. I'm hoping we can get it together today. Donnie, you just got in from a flight from Montreal. I did, A. <laughs> And I just came from uh, the Council on Recovery's luncheon, so today's kind of hectic and crazy, but we are so glad you're spending time with us on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. Uh, This show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Detox and Recovery Program. The detox portion is 10 to 14 days. It's located inside St. Joseph's Hospital in downtown Houston. And if you complete our program, you can choose to sign up for two years of free recovery support and aftercare. You'll get a recovery coach. You can continue IASIS and microcurrent neurofeedback. We have a, a relapse prevention app called Connections by Chess Health. There's a a whole plethora of recovery support available to you or your loved ones. So if you would like any information about our program, you can visit our website at www.mhdrp.org, or give us a call. Ask any questions. You can give us a call at 844-AND-HOPE. That's 844-263-4673. As usual, you're listening to us on Sundays, 1 p.m. Central in the H. If you're not in Houston and you want to hear the show live, well, recorded live. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah. You can go to iHeartRadio. KPRC 950 has a channel. Um, so if you can't listen to us on KPRC 950, just go to iHeartRadio, download the app, listen to us 1 p.m. Central on Sundays, or at the end of the day, they upload us to Relevant Recovery Radio podcast. You can go back, listen to any of our podcasts. Uh, And then I I always challenge our audience to send Heather weird messages on Facebook or Instagram. Do you do the Instagram anymore? Yeah. Sure I do. She's lying right now. I can tell by looking. No, I have it set up on Facebook where if I post on Facebook on Relevant Recovery, it also does Instagram. And it probably has messages on Instagram. I just don't ever log in and check that. But I should. Okay. But you can message me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook all the time. Yeah, it's called addiction. <laughs> we actually have an episode about that. Scroll back about six months. You'll see social media addiction. Right. You did social media addiction <laughs> research and just went, yep, I got it. <laughs> well, anyways. Yeah. So uh, we have a special guest in studio today. Um, his name is Micah Edwards. Welcome, Micah. Micah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you on. Yeah. And and so this is going to be one of those um, those people that listen to us every week know that recently I began coming in here and just changing the topic immediately to make our conversation more organic. And we're going to get that. I hated with, that. <laughs> we're going to get that with Micah but today yeah. because Micah, I don't know anything about you except for <laughs> the three minutes in the lobby <laughs> a few minutes ago, and I love that. Yeah, and I love that. I'm excited to have you on, Micah, because um, I'm on the committee for Soberfest HTX. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, and you are going to be one of the recording artists performing at Soberfest. Do you want right, to go yeah. ahead and tell us what is Soberfest and, and when is it? Yeah, Soberfest HTX. It's the only sober music festival in Houston, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's Sunday, May 21st, 12 to 6 p.m. at one of my favorite venues in Houston, White Oak Music Hall. Love White I Oak. I love White Oak. It's so intimate, it's, you know? 
it's it's a really nice it's space. Good setup. We heard our favorite folk band there outside the Avett yeah, Brothers. Avett Brothers, mm, they're good. Uh huh. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I'm just getting back in town. I've been in Montreal, Canada, all week in Quebec, which is like little France. Okay, is really what it is. Are you bragging right now? Um, no, just explaining. Just because I can't go to Canada. Well, you're not allowed in Canada. I know. They have a felony limit. <laughs> I think you're not allowed Was to it have my seventh one. one. Yeah, you're not allowed to have one, and you have seven. I so. have seven, Micah. Uh, now we'll say she is off paper for all of those. Oh, yeah, are, done. You, I'm in, I'm in a good standing with every state except the country except of Canada. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> they just have higher standards than the United States. That's the that's the problem. And um, and it was weird coming home today. Yeah. And, and and it was, I don't know, I asked you during the week if it was weird. So what I couldn't talk about a few weeks ago, Yeah. and I want to kind of open with this, was that we had to put my dog down, my dog of 10 years. His name was Chewy. He was a yeah. 10-year-old Rottweiler, and he was the sweetest pupper dog ever. And it was rough. Because he had cancer. It was rough. And I mean, we didn't want to do it. We knew for about six months, yeah. and then it was getting worse, and it was time. It and was so time. when you set the date, because I couldn't do it. I literally could not do it. And you set the date two weeks out and you said, we're going to do it on this date. We're going to have them come in the house. And I said, I'm following you because I can't. And I'm not being paid to say this, but we used an organization called Blue Pearl Pet Hospice where they came into our home and did it. It was wonderful. And it was so wonderful and peaceful so we could be with our animal and not have the travel and being in public or any of that. But I want to talk about like just a quick God story. Quick quick God story because Mike has got some God stories. I know, and that's why I want to lead into this, but... Once you set the date, I couldn't stop crying. Yeah, you cried I mean, and cried. Oh, it and affected cried. me. So I got Chewy three months after I got sober. I'm coming ten up. Ten years I'll, ago. I'll, I'll have ten years on Sunday, and um, and I think there's just a lot of emotion with that. And so once we set the date, I couldn't stop crying. I literally could not stop crying. Yeah. Um, and then the day of, I mean, I cried like a child. I mean, curled up in a ball. Like, I just could. Like, I have never felt sadness like that. And I cried, too. And, and I was trying to be supportive of you. And I've only known Chewy five years, not ten. But, you know, it was heartbreaking because you were in the rug on the floor holding the dog, just oh. wailing. Oh. And it was just breaking my heart to watch you so brokenhearted. I have never felt sadness like that. Yeah. So here's what happened. And then you, so that was a Friday. That was on Good Friday. Yeah. And Friday cried all day, all night. Saturday, Saturday cried. We had to leave the house Saturday and go do some retail therapy to get out. I just could <laughs> yeah. not be at the house. Yeah. Um, and then Sunday. And so Sunday we go to church. Yeah. And so for that two weeks, every morning, I have never prayed on my knees on my face. I've never done that. Mm-hmm. And for two weeks, I'm on the floor crying, begging God to remove this. Please pull this sadness. Please take this away from me. Yeah. Sunday in church, we're singing. And I just remember the line of the song was, Lord God Almighty. And for a moment, and I may actually like break up during this, for a moment, God was right there. For a moment, I was fully, (laughs) I was fully connected to God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he removed it. Like literally I walked out of church that day and I looked at Heather and I said, I can talk about Chewy without crying. Like, I don't know what just happened. Yeah. Like God answered and he removed it. Yeah. And so I wanted to lead into our show today because Micah has a pretty great God story, his life and where he is today. And so that that's how we're going to start it off. Okay. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio.
Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. I'm your hostess, Donnie Mosier, with our host, Heather Mosier. Hi, me, and our guest, Micah Edwards. Hello. In studio today. So, uh, Micah, I am excited about this. Um, Now, you are a, could we say, Christian contemporary recording artist? Yeah. You could say I'm a recording artist who is in uh, love with Jesus. <laughs> I okay. love that. Okay. All right, that's, that's plain and simple. Were you, uh, are you from Houston? I am. I was raised in Houston. Okay. Born in Santa Barbara, California. Okay. So I'm a covert Cali boy. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. That's allowed. Yeah. There's a lot of y'all here. That's why I wear boots. <laughs> yeah. Trying to mask up my, my actual origins. I like it. I like it. Well, what is your, so, so where does this story begin for you? Where, where, what led you to where you are today? Yeah, not bagging on California. California is amazing. Yeah. So I was born in California, um, raised here in Houston, um, up in Humble. Oh, yeah. Spelled okay. with an H, yep. but you don't say it, yep. so it's Humble. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am the second oldest of five kids. I'm the oldest boy. Okay. Um, and uh, half black, half uh, Polish Jew. So okay. there's a lot of, you know... Interesting identity pieces along the right. way. Yeah. Growing up, just being biracial, it's it's mm-hmm. um, I think an under uh, communicated just perspective that, right. mm-hmm. that is very interesting. Um, kind of like identities and labels. Where do I fit in? Yeah, you know, all one of that. foot in, in in both worlds. And I grew up in suburbs, so it's just it's just an interesting um, dynamic. Yeah. Um, but you know, so what my whole album was about that i released last year last june what's the name what's of the your name? album yeah. my album's called jean leon jean leon okay yeah very um quebec if, if you will <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jean leon. um yeah it's my, my it's my debut full-length album um so i had i had released 10 singles from 2019 to 2022 and then last year i dropped that album okay um you know, f- for someone who doesn't know my story, doesn't know anything about me, Jean Leon is just this toxic woman that I used to be with. Right. Okay. You know, I read that online that people interpreted your album as like your bad past relationships yep. or something, but yep. that's not actually what it's about, right? No, no. <laughs> it's so Jean is my mom's middle name. Okay. And Leon is my dad's okay. middle okay. name. And the song Jean Leon, the title track, on the surface speaks to this very toxic, dysfunctional woman that I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm finally saying peace out. I'm, I'm never coming back to <laughs> Deuces. this. Deuces. Yeah. Done. But what I'm saying peace out to is my parents' marriage and the expectations that uh, watching them grow up as I grew up, the expectations that I had for myself as a mm. father and a man and a, a leader of my home. Um, my dad was a serial adulterer. So he, mm-hmm. you know, he cheated on my mom quite often growing up. And that's really hard to watch. As a son. And as a young man growing up and seeing that happen, what sort of things did that make you tell you about yourself? Oh, you're going to be just like your dad. You're, um, if, you, if, I, if, if I catch myself looking at a woman at the grocery store, mm-hmm. you hear the voice, oh, you're no, you're no better than that. You're just going to ch- cheat on your wife one oh, day. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, and it's amazing how many things that we, we learn just by watching our parents. Mm-hmm. That we don't realize <clears throat> we're learning. When I got later. together with Heather, so... In my past, every relationship I've ever had, what I learned from my parents, very dysfunctional, was that when they fought, the way I'm supposed to act, and this is what I learned from my dad, was that I'm not supposed to say a word to my spouse for about two weeks. Nothing but (laughs) one word answers, (laughs) silent treatments. That's what I learned from, and that's the way I've treated every relationship prior to Heather. Yeah. Was that's the only way I knew to deal with it. And then I get with Heather, and we'll have some words, blah, 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 blah. And then two minutes later, she's like, hey, so what do you want to do for dinner? I'm like, 
Wait, not, I'm over it. It happened 10 minutes ago. Like, like wait a minute. What? <laughs> we're, we're talking? Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I'm used to. Yeah. Right. So you were modeled these toxic things growing up, and it was really giving you some poor ideas of... of yeah. yeah. It's what we're taught. It's what we're, what's passed down, and it's not really our fault, and it's not... I'm learning it's not really our parents' fault, because they have their own... Mm-hmm. You know, baggage and, baggage and um, bad habits that they picked up as they grew up. Yeah. Yep, doing the best they can do. Exactly. I, I love my parents. Um, you know, I'm in that stage of adulthood where you're realizing how human they are. Uh huh. Oh yeah. It's yeah. It's not fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the the end all for the entire album is that, despite all of these harsh realities, the more beautiful reality is that through our faith and trust in Jesus. My wife and I, Chelsea, we don't have to write that same story at all. Mm. Right. That all those lies I was hearing are literally not true. Right. They're literally not true. And I, um, this is very relevant for the, for, for the listeners out there that there's a lot of identity pieces that the enemy just keeps ramming through your head. Mm-hmm. And he just, he wants to steal everything God has for us. Right. And that's where, you know, when we, when we feel like we're, you know, on the come up or doing well, he, he hates that. So he wants yeah. to remind you of, of what you're most afraid of. Right. And what I was most afraid of was a dismantled home, mm. uh, a, a marriage that was broken. Right. And so he, he just keeps reminding me that's, that's your future. That's your future, mm-hmm. which it's not true. Just to instill fear in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, and the other piece to that is what God can actually do for us. So I was your father. Mm. Right. So in my past marriage, I was an adulterer, mm-hmm. a serial adulterer. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is before I was saved, before any of those changes happened in my life. Um, and there was that fear, I guarantee you, for her, because when we first like met in a weird, a weird evening, <laughs> we told each other everything. On the ab- second day, yeah. Oh, about- wow. Just Every secret, all every out. all of it. She was visiting, so I think there was this little piece in our mind, like, well, we probably won't see each other again. So we just yeah. were talking, and it just all oh. came out. So within an hour or two or three or four or five, I think it was five or six, she knew everything there was to know about me. Things then, I wish I didn't sometimes. And, yeah. and then, but then, so then we started dating long distance, and I know it had to be on your mind, but in my mind was how do I not be that guy again? Mm-hmm. Right. I don't want to be that guy, right? Yeah. I, I yeah. really don't. Um, did you grow up in a Christian home or a, a faith-filled home? I did. All? Okay. Which adds that layer of... Confusion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we, I, yeah. I think there's a misconception out there that Christians are just cleansed of wrongdoing, that right. we are just, we're clean. Turns out we we're human too. Right. It's the exact opposite. Right. right. We're all broken. We we need the doctor, so we go to the hospital every yeah every, every Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And so uh, tell me about your spiritual walk from like a young man growing into adulthood with these sort of confusing ideas going on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, earthly father versus heavenly father mm-hmm. stuff there. Um, you don't realize the, the, the role of a father is so important. I just... Had a baby boy. He's about to turn tw- uh, a year in oh, a couple of weeks. Congrats! Thank you. Uh, it's awesome and terrifying, yeah. and I'm so exhausted. But <laughs> it's the best thing ever. Yeah. yeah. The role of a father is very, very, very important because we literally, spiritually, reflect what our what our Father in Heaven should be. Yes. We, we uh, that's never going to be something that we live up to. Right. Because it's 
it's in, it's impossible it's unattainable but you know as as kids we um can't help but put our parents on a pedestal our parent yeah and say oh if 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 my father treats me like this then he must be like my mm-hmm. heavenly father so i thought my yeah. heavenly father only loved me when i accomplished things i thought he mm-hmm. um was just like a rule maker and uh there was there was not much relationship there so over the last, I, I would say, decade, I've really grown into, even coming down to when I when I pray, I used to say Lord, which is, it's fine. Right. But for me, now I'm saying Father. Yeah. I'm, it's more of like a... Changes the dynamic. Yeah, yeah. But the other, the other thing too, I think you and I have sort of a likeness in that aspect is that my dad, my parents divorced when I was 12. My dad moved to Chicago. I mm-hmm. wasn't around him a lot. When I was around him prior to 12, he was a workaholic. So I really never saw him. Yeah. I don't know how to be a dad. Right. Right? Like, I didn't have that that figure, that mentor. You don't know what not to do, but <laughs> right. a whole to lot do. of what yeah. to do. Yeah. And so now you have you have a one-year-old, and you're married, and you're, you're like, you're kind of figuring it out. What yeah. does this look like? And I think that's where, I think that's where, our faith helps mm-hmm. because there's a lot about our faith that teaches us. It gives a good guideline on what to do. The plumb right? line for life. Of course. Yeah. So we're going to go. I would like to go more into that when we get when we come right back. So yeah. don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with hosts Heather and Donnie, and we have a special guest in studio, recording artist Micah Edwards, because he's playing at Soberfest. <laughs> what, is, so, what is Soberfest, uh, Heather? Soberfest is Houston's only sober music festival. It's May 21st from noon to 6 at the White Oak Music Hall. So Take, so if Will wants to get crunk, he's not allowed to show up. <laughs> well, tickets are on sale now. You don't have to be in recovery to go. Okay. It's a family-friendly event. You can bring your children, but there will not be any alcohol served at this venue and they won't and be event. selling any drugs there or anything not to my knowledge okay um <laughs> but if anyone's curious about that about tickets they can go to soberfesthtx.com or find us on social media but micah if our listeners want to find your music find you on social how do they find you mr texas soul baby mr That's texas it. soul <laughs> mr spell it out texas t-e-x-a-s soul s-o-u-l s-o-u-l okay okay mr texas com or that, just go to the website, Instagram, Facebook, it's all there. You got a lot of followers, by the way. I snooped <laughs> you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a ride. It's been amazing. Thank you. It's cool watching what God's doing with you. Yeah. Um, okay, so back to your Christian walk, your, your spiritual walk, uh, becoming mm-hmm. a young adult. Uh, did you have a period of rebelliousness where you fell away from God? Because I sure did. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, that that rebellious spirit... When do you think you'll come back to Shut him? up. <laughs> did you have some experience like soon? that? <laughs> Totally. <laughs> so it's weird. There, you know, I, I kind of envy people with the testimonies of I was an atheist my whole life. And then I had this this Paul to Saul, Saul to Paul moment. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or, yeah, you know, there was a clear the the day I was the, the day Jesus saved me. Mm-hmm. I kind of envy that because I was raised in a Christian household. So I've been, you know, 
John three sixteen since I was yeah. in the diapers. <laughs> yeah. Awanas, you know, was Sunday it a, school. was it legalistic? Was it Um I would say it was more like disciplinarian. Like Okay. Used, okay. I would say that the, the dynamic was that my, my parents used the the word to correct us and get us okay. that's what my dad did that's too. where the yeah. like the relationship piece was lost right. yeah that's what i'm discovering in my adulthood um so i was always i, I never had the ache to go get crazy uh yeah. in high school or college um but i always had the envy of people who did okay so i like i was a good good boy mm-hmm. on the outside but i i have been addicted to porn since i was 12 okay mm-hmm. um I would like to say that I'm completely free of it, mm. but I'm not. Right. And it's, it's, I think it's going to be, no, I don't know. I don't know where I land on this. It will be something that I have to carry with wisdom for the rest of my life. Right. I, I struggled with that for a long, we've talked about it on the show. We've done a couple of shows on porn addiction, porn addiction things mm-hmm. like that. And I struggle with it for most of my life. Now, I'm 51, so I didn't have it at 12. Like I feel bad for the teenagers that, for yeah. for kids that are getting cell phones in their hand days, at 10, Crazy. and you can see anything. There's no mm-hmm. limit, right? Yeah. So, but I I struggled with it until about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then God removed it, but it was a struggle to but get to that point. You got to a place point. where you were really in pain with it and begging yeah. God. For, I think it's it's like any addiction. You know, I'm a recovered heroin addict, but it's like. I, like you were saying earlier, the evil forces of the world mm-hmm. will always try to find a way to get me away from God with whatever vice I'm susceptible to. Yep. Um, and so for me, it ended up being mostly like drugs and alcohol. For some people, it's porn. For some people, it's food. For some yeah. people, it's lotto tickets and coach purses yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know. But here's what I love. And recovery, my point is, is recovery... Uh, that spiritual journey with God isn't like super linear where it's no. just like a light switch moment. Right, it's right. usually Ups not that downs. way. And what I love is that, so I, I, I told you I was, an, I was an atheist up until I was 45 years old. Wow. Um, well, 44, 45 in that area. But um, I always had a view of Christians. And my view is that they were holier than thou, high and mighty, hypocrites, thought they were perfect, pointing the finger. And what I have learned over my last six years is if I am with a true Christian, Mm -hmm. right? A follower of the way, Mm -hmm. right? It's completely the opposite. You didn't just like sit there and go, hey, yeah, so it's all been fixed. Christian now, everything's great. You're like, hey, (laughs) here's my struggle. And that's what Heather and I talk about on this show all the time is is like the stuff I'm struggling with now, Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. I have struggles today. It's not like... I believe in God and everything just goes great. And I'm, it's just like now running through flowers, right? Mm-hmm. Everything like you still have life. Right. Yeah. It, it, I follow God and I have lustful thoughts all the time yep. that lead the enemy to say, oh, like yep. you just looked at that. You looked at that. Well, you're just going to cheat on your wife. Yeah. Right. Like your marriage is going to be. Because this kind right. of, this addiction of your, this problem of stronghold, we'll call it, mm-hmm. kind of goes back to those deep seated fears of becoming like your dad. Yep. And so this is how the enemy's getting you, you know, at certain times. Yeah. That's the spiritual warfare side of it. And and that's something that we have found, well, at least I have found in my life, is that it seems like, and for those of you listening, whatever your idea of God is, is, is fine. We have a defined idea that, that works for us. Right. That we believe in. 
Uh, and if you don't believe in Satan or the devil, I, I think most people can believe that there are dark forces at work in the world. There's yeah, no there's question evil there. In the world for sure. And what I have found is that whatever I struggle with, whatever defect of character or sin that I struggle with, is where the dark forces attack. Yeah. If it's mm-hmm. if it's lust, that's where it attacks. If it's food, money, which by the way I've struggled with every single one of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every yeah. single right. My worst was probably money at one time, and then it was food, and then it was lust or porn or whatever it is. But that's where that's where the darkness strikes. That's where they come after you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they're going to use that against me every time. And so I wanted to ask you, um, you're not in recovery yourself, right? Correct. Um, but you are passionate about supporting recovery. You want to kind of explain yeah. why you signed up for Soberfest? Oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> I'm i good friends with the the buddy who reached out to me, Max Flynn. Yep. I'm not sure how what his role is in this festival, but he, um, he's been just uh, a really good artists to be connected with mm-hmm. in town he's um just his ministry and what the the causes he supports i i really love that guy um south texas tweak yep uh, he's a too. country artist yep. i know he is um re- in recovery as well and um i have i have family members who are currently in homeless shelters due to drug addiction mm-hmm. and um i just it hits home for you. It's so hard mm-hmm. to watch. Right. Yep. And I know that because it's so close to home, this is this is going to be a long journey. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm just very thankful that I, I Max asked me to be a part of this yeah. this festival. It's it's a very uh, it's really cool because a couple months ago I was talking to my wife. I'm like, you know. God's given me this gift of music. I don't know how I can use it, but I really wish I could connect with some local causes and start, you mm-hmm. know, um, using it, providing people with joy through music. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And then Max reached out to me like a week, like a week later. So. God though. Yeah. God though. <laughs> so so tell like, me, oh, how yeah. did you find that you had this talent in, in music? How did that develop? Cause you said you've been doing music for how long? Four years. I've been releasing for four years. Uh, it's funny. So I was a baseball player first. Okay. I, I played in college at U of H. Go Cougs. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, yeah. And I had just, I was singing at restaurants and mm-hmm. weddings for side income to make some money in college. Uh, baseball phased out. And then I just kept doing the music thing, writing songs all the way through. Cause I just, it's kind of my escape. Mm-hmm. It, it's really, it brings me so much joy to make something out of nothing. Is yeah. it something that comes natural to you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm in a bar and I hear a bass line and I have to run to the bathroom to write a song <laughs> idea that wow. I have. <laughs> like, like, it, I can't get rid of it. I think I'll write songs till I die. <laughs> uh, and I just, it was, it was literally like a movie moment. I was sitting in my nine to five office chair. I was like 23 looking out the window at an airplane flying in the distance. I'm like, man, I wish I could be on that plane playing at, at a festival or something. Yeah. And then I'm just like, what the hell am I doing? Like, <laughs> like, why not? I'm young. Yeah, let's do this. And so I was well, two years married almost at that time. And my wife was super supportive to uh, allow me to quit my job and pursue music. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of things happened from then until now. But here I am. Uh, a, mil- I, a million monthly listeners on Spotify. That's crazy. What I was gonna say. That's <laughs> crazy. I love that. So, praise God. You know. Right. I think. But so your your wife and you share faith. 
Yes. And so speak for a moment on the importance of a marriage having similar deep-seated beliefs and why. Uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> A minute and a half, I think, yeah, for we'll this probably, segment. It'll probably run into the next segment. <laughs> it's, it's so important. We uh, recently miscarried. Okay. Um, That's a, rough. It, she was four months along, mm. and I have. we're still... We're still getting through that. Right. We're going to be getting through that That's for hard. a long time. Yeah. But initially, if we didn't have our faith, I don't know. I don't know how we would have mm-hmm. gotten out of bed. Mm-hmm. Right. So coming together in that it, we both have felt broken for a few weeks. And the only thing that brings us any comfort is God yeah. and our mm-hmm. faith. Yeah. And God in the middle. I mean, that's... Uh, that is a story of where do I draw the power? Where do I draw the the rock? Where mm-hmm. do I draw everything that I need to get by in the daily? Yeah. Um, okay, so. We got to take a quick break. Yeah, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Micah Edwards on the Relevant Recovery Radio. Be right back. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Heather, real quick, Matthew's Hope. Is mm-hmm. that a detox? It's a detox. What's their number? It's a 10 to 14 day detox with a two year aftercare recovery coaching program. The phone number is 844 and Hope. That is 844 263 4673. And all I have to do is just burn my life to the ground and I can get a bed there? That's technically not true. You don't even have to burn your life to the ground. You can you can still have all your stuff and no felonies and no DWIs. I wish it, I'd have known that before I burnt my life to the ground multiple times. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, you just need to struggle with substance use disorder and you want to get free of that. Give us okay. a call. And what was that number one more time? 844-AND-HOPE. 844-AND-HOPE. Okay, so in studio today, Micah Edwards and... Micah, before we went to break, um, I love what you were saying about being, seeking God during and, and being times. in the same place, the same faith. Um, mm-hmm. So Heather and I are both on our third marriage. Each, okay, okay. each, okay. right? Yeah. Don't Number take three. marriage advice from us. <laughs> so if anybody out there wants marriage advice, go to our Facebook page. Uh, we won't be able to give you marriage advice. Maybe like divorce attorney advice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but that is that is the difference. But none of our previous marriages were centered around God. Mm-hmm. And that's the first I feel, one that is. I feel foolish sometimes because I thought my last marriage was 18 years. Wow. And I thought that was a forever marriage. Mm-hmm. And I feel foolish sometimes. And I'm like, no, Heather is the person I'm going to take my last breath with or she'll take her last with mine. Like, I just know that in my heart. Yeah. And the difference in this relationship versus every other relationship I've ever had whether romantic or friendship, any this relationship has God in the center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it makes all the difference in the world. Like mm-hmm. as you and your wife are struggling with this. The loss of the baby. I mean, it's tragic, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you guys both are leaning into the same thing and God's in the middle propping you both up. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about identity. Mm-hmm. It's Talk about that. I love that. Please identity. talk about that. Uh, you know, so if, if, you're, if you're married because you, you guys both do crossfit or something or you're both into fitness like Mm -hmm. you're at the end of the day your body will wither away we're all going to get wrinkly yeah and all you know and at the end of the day you can be on the left you can be on the right you know Mm -hmm. but that all will fade away too yeah governments fall at the end of the day 
where you're either a son of God or you're a daughter of God. Mm-hmm. I've, I have found, and I think this, this journey in the last year and a half, I don't know, we've talked about it, I've talked about it a lot, because what I have found is a lot of counterfeit in this world. Mm-hmm. There, there's so much... Uh, craving for people to find out who they are. They say things like, I got to find myself, or, yeah, you know, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> my so, truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And, and it's so interesting because my freedom really came from trying to find out who I am according to God, mm-hmm. not who I am according to what Heather wants. Yep. And the counterfeit know? is I seek validation. Yeah, he was, I yeah. seek esteem and validation. And the problem was my entire life, I sought it through man. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I found is that new truck, that new car, that new job, that more money, all of that is counterfeit. Yeah. It brings me a very temporary satisfaction. But Mikey, you seem like such a, a down to earth, humble, honest guy. <laughs> like, how do you stay humble with a million followers? On oh, social? my gosh. <laughs> it goes back to identity. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it's I've, where you get your value. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've seen the numbers shoot up mm-hmm. and they can mm-hmm. shoot back down just as much. And does that make me artist right no. no i'm still just doing my thing but at the end of the day you know going back to this recent tragedy with me and my wife it's like when we feel my the, there's a lot of feelings that my, my my wife was the you know like in her body was incapable of doing this natural mm-hmm. thing and there's mm-hmm. a lot of attacks there about her identity as a mother and yeah. mm-hmm. um when you're rooted in the same daughter of god son of god um, it, it's, it's the most like holy and even baseline, mm-hmm. but it's also like you're an artist and you're good at what you do because of a gift you've been given. I think it's yeah. also like how we view everything, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a steward of the job that I have. I'm a steward of the money that I make. I'm a steward of Heather, right? I'm a steward of all of this. It's none of this is because of me. But with that yeah. in mind, yeah. can you give our listeners just your experience or advice on how to walk that walk, even when you have a family member struggling with addiction? Mm. How do you rely on God? Really, like not just let go and let God, like what are some things you pray about and actions you try to take to stay in God's will around helping your loved one and, and you being okay? That's such a... <laughs> That's such a hard question. Because um, I promise there's listeners that are go- going through exactly what you are. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm in the season right now where me and my family have led him to water as mm-hmm. much as we can. And mm. it's just up to him to drink. And yeah. he's he's not drinking it. Yeah. And that part, I think it just comes down to trusting God that at the end of the day, my family member is also a son of God mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and God just, just doesn't let his sheep just wander. Yeah. He, he's all, he is always calling them back and I can, there, there are feelings of, am I not doing enough? Mm-hmm. It, um, it, yeah. Of just, can I do more? Am I not doing enough? But at the end of the day, it's like, you know what? I, God, I trust you. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Let me know what else I can do. <laughs> yeah, but I trust you. Yeah, yeah. that's hard. I I was listening in a twelve. I, I was in a twelve step meeting, listening to a mother talk about her daughter that was out and struggling, and she said, "I have to trust God, and I have to trust God that He may take her." Mm. And she said, "It's the hardest thing I've ever tried to do." The best um, 
with this question in mind, the best thing that happened to me was my family writing me off. And my dad said, really? you're dead to us. Don't call here again unless you want to go to treatment. They were done helping me. They were yeah. done band-aiding my life. That had to be the hardest thing your dad ever did. Ever. And because yeah. I was still alive. And um, he had to give me to God. And he knew yeah. that I needed more help than what he was equipped to give me. And yeah. I think that from what I know now about addiction and how one alcoholic or drug addict is, is equipped to help another, um, a lot of times regular or normie sober family members aren't equipped with those things. And so yeah. helping becomes enabling and too much leading to water, leading to water, yes. you know, and then yeah. there's this resistance that's created. And uh, and so sometimes all you can do is, is pray and hope and ask God if there's something I'm supposed to do to help this person, Let show me. me. Yeah. But otherwise, trusting them to be in God's hands too, because that's their idea. That's a very hard but truth, a very hard truth to wrap your brain around. And so where you are now, and I think I kind of hit on it, and and you hit on it. So where you are now, so you have this view of what a father looks like as a kid, mm-hmm. and you don't want to be that. Yeah. How does your faith and your wife's faith help you stay off that road? What does it do for you? Yeah, it's just, it's the baseline, you know. Um, the foundation. Yeah. Yeah, it's for the times that I literally fall mm-hmm. and fall to my porn addiction or mm-hmm. I, I fall to um, fear or all, all the thoughts and attacks. Um, there's, there's always that, that grace. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what makes God Christianity so beautiful is that the grace doesn't make sense right. at all. It doesn't make any sense. Right. The prodigal son, like, it, it feels wrong to our like flesh, like our, our like our human hearts that yeah. like he shouldn't he shouldn't have that much grace, but he does. And yeah. it, and I think that's what that's what Paul was saying in Romans seven fourteen when he says, I do what I don't want to do and I don't mm-hmm. do what I want to do. And like what he was saying is what no I matter keep how doing much is what I don't want to do and what right. I want to do. I no can't matter do. how much and I can yeah. say that no matter how much I want to do good all the time, I am always gonna make mistakes. It's just who I am, it's yeah. how I'm built, I'm human. Yep. Well, I want to say, Micah, you, I've really enjoyed having you on and getting to know yeah. you a little bit better. Um, you've just been really honest and humble, and I'm excited to do Soberfest with you and yeah. to hear you. And so for our listeners, if you want to come hear Micah Edwards live at Soberfest HTX, it's on May 21st from noon to 6 uh, at the White Oak Music Hall. Uh, you can go to SoberfestHTX.com or any social media. What? And you can check them out on Spotify. You can. You can mm-hmm. Are you down. on like Apple Music, Spotify, all, all yep. of it? Okay. All of it. <laughs> and don't forget. Oh, and and what is your, real quick, what is your website? Yeah. MrTexasSoul.com. Okay. All right. And th- don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Hashtag, Hashtag God, God, though. though.